take a moment to sing some praise to God, worship the one who is worthy of all worship and all acclaim and all honor and all glory. No matter what you're facing today or what you went through this last week, he's got something good in store for you. In the most difficult days, your destiny is still right in front of you. Because of that, because of the goodness of God, he's worth celebrating. Come on, God, we love you. We need you. We want more of you, more of your presence and more of your Holy Spirit in Jesus' name, amen? Hey, can we welcome those watching online, particularly the men of Lansing Correctional Facility. We love you guys. Awesome. You know, in the pastor world, which is a weird world, uh, we got this joke. It's uh, Easter, Resurrection Sunday, empty tomb. Week after Easter, empty church. Look around, it's like, hey, we define the odds today. We got a hungry church. We got a passionate church. You're all the real ones. Let's take the worship team, phenomenal job. Production, Kingdom Kids, the whole team. Hey, you guys can grab your seat because we're gonna jump right in. We got some babies to dedicate unto the Lord today. That is like salvation moment at church. My favorite part of church, second favorite, baby dedications. Honestly, it's a, it's a special moment for families. And honestly, you just never know what's gonna happen. Kids could grab the mic. They could, I could make them cry. It happens from time to time. But hey, we're taking a little bit of a break. This year, uh, we talked about our Bible year as we're reading through the Bible. And maybe you're new to our church. Maybe you came out to Easter. It's great to have you back. Uh, we're reading through the Bible together as a church. You can get the reading plan on our website. And then the messages in the ministry of the platform have just been in correlation with what we just read or what we're about ready to read. But we're gonna take a little pause on that and push into in the presence of the Holy Spirit uh, for a few weeks. We're going after the Holy Spirit. Easter, right, we have empty tomb. Now we're going to the upper room. How to get closer with God's presence. How to have him at work in your life in a way that, that really makes a difference. Not just in an experience that you have on a Sunday, but your life as a believer, as a follower of Jesus on your Monday, through your Saturday. Something significant that only happens to a person, a believer, that's com committed and connected to the presence of the living God. In fact, after this, this Hebrew, this Jewish celebration of Passover, which where Jesus gave his life on Good Friday's cross, there's another one that's 50 days later uh, that we, we, we call it Pentecost. In the Hebrew, it, it's Shavuot. It's the festival of weeks. Um, and what we call Pentecost um, is this 50-day gap between the empty tomb and the upper room. And in that time, Jesus, for 40 of those days, was ministering to people in resurrected life. And then we know that he left, but then he did not leave them alone. He sent the Holy Spirit. And in that upper room prayer meeting, the power of God and the presence of the Holy Spirit radically just gave birth to, changed the disciples, changed the followers of Jesus, empowered them, and has changed the world since then. That something has changed in the history of humanity when the presence of the Holy Spirit came in the same way as you experience your own personal Pentecost, more of the Holy Spirit. I believe every believer, you cannot turn to the Father without the prompting of the Holy Spirit. I believe you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, but more of the Holy Spirit would dramatically and for, I think everlastingly change your life and the ministry and mission of Jesus flowing through you will be so significant and we need more, more of the Holy Spirit. You know, when I use a word like Pentecost, for some of you, maybe those that grew up in church, that's gonna set off some red flags. 
Because all of a sudden you're thinking Pentecostal. And Pentecostal, whether it's a denomination or a belief system, for some of you, you connect that with like some crazy church services, which is honestly, I'll just be truthful, that's what I grew up in. I grew up in that, like, you know, every once in a while, the, the song hits just right, the spirit flows, we're going on a run. You did not know you could get your church and your cardio in in the same service, it was happening. There were people in the back that were waving some flags. They were signaling in air like air traffic controllers. They were landing planes. And for some of us, it's red flags because that's, that's, that, that's weird. And although we are talking about the presence of God on the inside of us, which how many know that ain't normal, but it is also not weird. In fact, it is weird for you to try to walk with God, follow the word of God, live a life for Jesus without connection and closeness with the gift of the Holy, of the Holy Spirit. Because I believe it actually, more than just a moment on a Sunday when everyone shouts and screams, it is much more about your Monday through Saturday and the mission of Jesus. For you to become everything you are called to be, you don't need just normal Christianity. You need more of the Holy Spirit. So although it might be different, it is not weird. I believe it's actually a necessity and it's a gift from heaven for every single one of us. In fact, a crazy story in Acts chapter 19, Paul is on one of his missions trips and, and, he, and he's preaching and proclaiming Jesus. He's starting churches. He's this apostle, this sent one. And he's on his way to, he's changing the known world for Jesus. And he comes across some disciples in Acts 19. They were followers of Jesus. And he has this exchange with them. And he says this in verse two. There, uh, Paul found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And for them, they said, no. We, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. They go on to say, we, we understood that we were baptized in John's baptism, like we we're celebrating on the 30th, like this public demonstration of our faith. We were baptized in water, but we haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Greek word there, baptismos. We've not been submerged in the Holy Spirit. And then in that moment, Paul prays for them and they receive the Holy Spirit. So for some of us, it is a, maybe we've pushed things away because we've seen some weird things, and some weird people. Because honestly, some of this stuff, it's like a bowl of cereal. There's some people in church that are, you know, flakes, fruits, and nuts. Like, like you think if I have the Holy Spirit, all of a sudden I have a hankering to pick up a tambourine. Like, no, it's not that. It's the divine empowerment for your everyday life to live a life that's bigger than just your own ability. Some push it away, and then some of them, you've just never been taught. Maybe it's bad teaching or no teaching. Like those that were on the road that Paul discovered there in Acts 19, and you need to be taught. Now, none of us have not heard of the Holy Spirit. That's why we have our New Testament. We have the Bible. We've read it. Even, even in, the, in the, the King James, it's called the Holy Ghost which is, you know, that gets weird enough there. Like, well, we don't want any ghosts in our life. But it's the Hebrew word ruach. The Greek word pneuma means the breath of God, the wind of God that fills our lives up with a supernatural strength, empowerment, not just to have a demonstration of gifts, but also to be the giver of fruit of the Spirit in our life as well. And it's not to be weird, as we say in the Bible, like God's word is our way we talk about in the scripture, we want it in our heart. And as we read the scriptures, primarily even just the teaching of Jesus, we're going to see that not only is something that you can have, 
It's actually a necessity for you to fulfill destiny. And so we're after the Holy Spirit. What I'm asking of you, I'm asking you is to, like, we're not gonna have any confusion. We're not gonna discount it, even though it might be abused by some people, because weird people can do weird things no matter where they're at. But if it's in God's word, and if it's for us, then we're gonna want it. And we're gonna go on a journey for the next few weeks to open our hearts and minds to not the old things we were taught, maybe some good things that we know, maybe we don't know barely anything, but let the word of God show us what it looks like to walk with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in our everyday life. So I'm asking for you for the next few weeks, today, we're just gonna get a blank page. You might know some things, you might know some good things, but we're gonna have a clean slate and I've just called it a spirit restart. We're just gonna, how many of your phone ain't working right? You just hard reset it. And it comes back on and all the old stuff's cleared off and it can operate again. And for some of us, we might need to forget some things, some things that we've seen, some things we've heard, some bad theologies, no theology. And we're just coming to the word, the teachings of Jesus, not people's personal experience, but what the word of God says to us. And we're gonna press into the presence of God because this is how you become your best as a believer. Every one of you whether you've been following Jesus for 40 years or this is your second week in church in a long time, you need more of the Holy Spirit. Can we pray? Would you join me? Spirit reset. Lord, we need you. God, we invite your Holy Spirit to speak through the word. And would you even saturate my words? Would they touch hearts? Would they open up minds? Would they change mindsets? Lord, I thank you that we would have a revelation, not of our yesterday experiences, but from your word. If it's in your word and if it's for us, that we would desire it and we would receive it. God, your word says you're a perfect father that gives perfect gifts and you've given us this gift of the spirit and we don't wanna dilute it and we don't wanna pollute it. We want you to speak to us. So we thank you, the word and the whisper, the voice of heaven work together to make us the disciples that we are called to be to fulfill the purpose of heaven for all of our lives. Lord, we thank you. Because of Pentecost, we can have your empowerment. In Jesus' name, amen. Whoa, 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 whoa. I already said you're a Pentecostal whether you like it or not. And we're loud. Amen? Amen. amen. There we go. Oh, okay, we're already passing... We're already passing the test. Here's the truth. There's a lot of churches, and I never would get up on the platform and say, well, some churches don't teach this, and some don't do that. I, I can't stand it when people do that. But I would just say from my own experience that I, I love the Word of God. I, I, I study the Word of God. I do my best to live by the Word of God. But I have the Holy Spirit in my life. I am baptized with the Holy Spirit. And for the last 20-plus years, I have not been perfect but I've been made and changed and redeemed and renewed by the word of God working in my life because this is the principles and the path that we're called to walk on, but also with the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. So I would never get up here and say, this is how you live a life for Jesus and only give you the X's and the O's and the insides and the outs of the word and never give you an opportunity to actually experience the indwelling of the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. I have a personal, I'm not gonna call it a beef, but a frustration when we're only teaching faith principles but never inviting people for divine empowerment. You, and I don't know what you were taught, and I don't know what has intimidated you in your yesterday, but if you could trust me enough as your pastor 
to lead you to the living waters that will refresh your soul and satisfy your spirit and help you step into something new. It would be a great honor for all of us in our church, both Plaza and North, as we lean in to what does it mean today as a Bible-believing Christian to walk with intimacy and encounter with the Holy Spirit. Because I would never try to tell you to do something. You ever met someone, they try to tell you how to do something and they know a secret that you don't know? Come on, how many of you frustrated with that? Like, they would try to explain something to you and they would miss out a key. You ever try to put something together from Ikea and they left out some pieces? And I think sometimes preachers and pastors, we try to encourage some things, but we're maybe shortcutting or keeping out a key component to a victorious life as a Jesus follower is that Jesus had the Holy Spirit. And you have him on the inside, but you need to unlock, unravel, and walk in a closeness and a connection and a commitment to him. Because it does not make you, listen, having the Holy Spirit does not make you better than a believer that doesn't have any gifts or fruit of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't make you better than someone else. It makes you better than you can be by yourself. It changes it changes you. See, we know that God has three parts. We know that he expresses himself as one God with three expressions. I've heard people say it's like three light bulbs in one light. It's, it's confusing when you try to talk about the Trinity because God's ways are not our ways. They're higher than our ways. But we all understand that there's these three parts of God. It's like water, that there's liquid, there's solid ice, and there's gas that is steam, but they're all made of the same component. They all have different uses. And just in the same way, the Holy Spirit, God the Father, and Jesus the Son have different ways that they work and they minister, but they always work in unity. So Jesus, who was the word that became flesh, that was given to us. In fact, that's what the Hebrew celebration is in 50 days, is the giving of the law, the giving of the word from, from, from God to man. Like, that's what Pentecost really is. And then he gives us not just the word in the Old Testament, he gives us the spirit in the New Testament. And so, but some of us are only operating with two out of the three. It's like this stool. This stool gives me rest. It gives me support. I can stand on it. It stabilizes me. It's a great gift. I appreciate this stool. It's got three parts. It's got God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And yet this is some of your lives. We've got two out of the three. And according to Meatloaf, the musician, two out of three ain't bad. But I would say it's not best. And so you're trying to get stability. You can never stand on it to go higher. How many know I am not going to demonstrate that by faith? Although if you take a video of it, you would get a lot of YouTube views. Church fails. And I'm able to kind of make it work because I have ridiculously strong quads <laughs> and an incredibly strong core. Just kidding. But I can kind of make this work, but this is not the functionality. I'm still holding it up in my own power. I'm still stabilizing my life, my strength, or my rest by my own ability. And two out of three, listen is a 66%. In fact, it's a 66.6%. .6 Do the math, 666, just kidding. That's a D. And I don't know your educational history, and Ds can equal degrees, but when it comes to a D with God, it does not equal destiny. You want the full thing. You want everything he has for you. And so it's a disservice to the believer for us just to talk about the ways of the word and how to honor God and have a life that looks like Jesus as a disciple. Because listen, even the disciples, they were the dedicated followers of Jesus, 
Disciple means a dedicated one. But that upon receiving the Holy Spirit, they became the apostles, the sent out ones. That they were no longer just the ones following Jesus. They were leading for Jesus in a world that needed Jesus. And I think every one of us, we want to honor God, the giver of life, the, the perfect father who loved us so much that he sent the son, Jesus, our great rescuer, our redeemer, the hero of the story and our high calling. But for us to look like Jesus and to truly honor God with our lives, we need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. We need all three working together in order to fulfill a life that's bigger than you know about. That's your destiny. In fact, Jesus has given us an impossible mission to accomplish in our own ability. With our own ability, it's absolutely impossible. Matthew 28, this is resurrected Jesus. And Jesus gives this great commission. It was as true to the first hearers back then, 2,000 years ago, as it is for us as his church today. And Jesus says, I love this, says Jesus came close to them. I love it. Jesus is up close and personal. It says, go, uh, he says to them, all authority of the universe has been given to me. Now go in that same authority and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to faithfully follow all that I have commanded you. In other words, you're going to make more disciples that obey the word. They're public in their faith. It says, and never forget, I am with you every day, even to the end of the age, the completion of time, till the last day Jesus is there. And I think the disciples, they are excited. Like, yes, we're scaling this enterprise. We're going global. We're going to hit the Mediterranean Sea. We're going to Italy. We're going to Greece. How many just want to take a vacation right now? Like, it's, it's spreading out to the known world. Why? And Jesus is going to be with us every step of the way. This, this is amazing. But what they maybe had heard, but maybe weren't fully aware of, in the next few moments, Jesus is checking out. And just put themsel- yourselves in their you know, sandals for a moment. It's like... Okay, you're with us, but you're not with us. How are we going to make this work without you? Last three and a half years, all we've known is just following him. Like you healed, and you prophesied, and you made the blind see, and the deaf hear, the lame walk. You took the bread, and you bro- we didn't break the bread. You broke the bread and blessed it and fed people's natural needs. Like everything empowered where heaven met earth was because of you, Jesus. And now we're going to do that everywhere, but you said you're with us, but now you're not with us. And like, I think every one of us, if we could spend our seven, like say 7.30 to 8 a.m. every day, and like we're just sitting down, we're at our coffee time, and Jesus was there in the flesh, how many think that's a good start to your morning? You probably wouldn't even need coffee. Well, I don't know about that, but <laughs> like we're talking about physical flesh, face-to-face, like nail-scarred hands Jesus is giving you a little Devo in the morning. How many of you can have a better marriage? You're going to love your wife and husband a little bit better. You're going you're to be a little kinder or encouraging to your kids. You're going to honor your boss a little more or take care of your employees. You're going to have a good day. But Jesus actually says, uh, that's impossible. It's impossible for me to meet with everybody one-on-one. That's why I have to leave this place. Because what I'm going to send in my place is something that can empower everyone 
to walk with me, to know me, to hear from me, not just in a morning Devo, in every situation, scenario, and decision of your life, you can have my presence. That's what Jesus says in John 16. I love this from the Amplified. Jesus says, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage. It is for your benefit that I go away. I'm out. For if I do not go away, the helper, the Greek word there is parakletos, the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, the counselor, the strengther, the standby. How many just in those names of the Holy Spirit, you just want more of it already? Like, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him, the Holy Spirit, to be with you. And I love this part. To be in what? Close fellowship with you. Not a moment of ministry on a Sunday where the preaching good and you feel like God's in this place. No, for your Monday through Saturday to be in close fellowship with the comforter, the strengthener, the standby, your intercessor. In Luke, we hear the same resurrection story of Jesus, but he adds a layer to it. Acts chapter one, Jesus instructed them. This is probably the disciples and a handful of others. He says, hey, this is what I want. This is the next step. I know you're going global, but before you go global, we gotta get together. And before, like, you can really go out and make a difference. You've got to get something from God. And this is how you're going to get it. He says, don't leave Jerusalem. Don't, don't just go out and try to do it on your own yet. No, no, no. Wait here until you receive the gift. The Holy Spirit is a gift from God that I told you about. It's a gift the Father has promised. For John has baptized you with water, just like those in Acts 19 had had one baptism. But in a few days, you will be baptized. Greek word baptismos. You're going to be submerged in the Holy Spirit. And not just a feeling and fleeting moment, but a life that is filled with the presence of God. And then they respond, just according to that Great Commission, Matthew passage. Okay, Jesus, when are you taking over the earth? I thought we're going global. He says, no, no, verse eight, but I promise you this, the Holy Spirit, this is what you need for God to work through you and do something bigger than you. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and you're gonna be filled with power. Greek word there, dunamis, we get the word dynamite from. Like there's gonna be a new power at work in your life. And you will then be my messengers. So the power isn't for performance. It's to prophesy and proclaim Jesus to the world around us. The number one goal of the Spirit is to bring lost sons and daughters back to the Father. And how does God do that? Through the church. We are the hands and feet of Christ. We're the ambassadors of grace, Paul says. It's to be a messenger starting in your hometown. Our Jerusalem is Kansas City and Judea. How about the Midwest? And even to the distant provinces, the states and North America. And how about even the remotest places on the earth? And guess what? Those followers obeyed Jesus. And they received on Pentecost upper room a divine empowerment. And the church has gone global. From New Zealand to Nova Scotia, the Holy Spirit's at work. There's around maybe two billion people that profess like faith in Jesus on the planet. Why? Because this is the mission that matters the most. And this is why we need the Holy Spirit. The necessity of the Holy Spirit. Not something for others, for every single one of us. This is what Jesus says you're gonna need. If you wait and if you pray, you will receive. Growing up, my mom always decorated my room. Um, and by the way, love you, mom. I know you're watching. Uh, we moved from Seattle back to Oklahoma. Uh, how many of you know? Huge downgrade. Uh, but my mom decided to make up for upgrading my room. 
And uh, I can tell you the theme that she designed, because it's every 15-year-old's dream for their mom to design their room. And the theme was denim. Not just a little bit of denim, but Canadian tuxedo, denim on denim. You've heard of glory for glory? This was not that. We had like Ralph Lauren wallpaper denim. My walls looked like jeans. And then on the end of my bed, always folded, was what we would call today a comforter. Now let me tell you about the comforter. There was nothing comforting about it. It was itchy, it was scratchy, it was heavy. The first thing I did every night when I got to bed was kick that demonic blanket off the bed <laughs> in Jesus' name. Because it didn't work. It didn't fit. And some of you, that's the way you treat the Holy Spirit. I know he's the comforter, but because I've seen so much wacky and weird stuff out there, I, that doesn't, I'm gonna keep that full. That's for them. That's for looks. That's not for my life. It doesn't fit right. Do you know what? The Holy Spirit working through someone else, and listen, the gift of the Spirit, we'll talk about this later in the series, always has to flow with the fruit of the Spirit. But just because that's how it demonstrated in their life doesn't mean it's how it's gonna demonstrate in your life. The whole, you were made as a vessel to carry the living God. You were made as a, 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 to have your own portion of that breath of God that was made not just for who you are now, but who are you becoming in Christ by the word and through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. So it is comforting. It does fit you perfectly. It isn't someone else's hyper-spiritual flex. It's your faith in works, in action, in the world around you that doesn't make you better than someone else. It makes you better than you could ever be on your own. Do you sense the necessity of the Holy Spirit? My only goal today is to get you out of your yesterday thinking and starting today and into our tomorrow that you would just be hungry for it. You would be open to it. You won't just kick it off because it doesn't fit right now or you won't cancel it because you saw the way someone else used it. But you would just be thirsty for more of God. And I promise you, whether it happens in a prayer moment, whether it happens in a service, whether it happens in a commute, that you would receive, as you begin to ask, seek, and knock, God would fill you. And those that have been filled before, there is still more for you. That you would experience the overflow of the presence of God that will bring you joy, it will bring you peace, it will bring you encouragement, and it will divinely empower you to be the witness you're called to be to a weary and lost world all around us. I don't know about you, but this excites me. That there's just not the change of my own willpower or my own obedience as a disciple of the word of God, but I'm actually being filled by the Holy Spirit. You are too to be sent out to the world that so needs the love and care and grace of our kind God. And they get to see it through, through us. And so the gift of the Spirit shows up in this upper room, in this moment of Pentecost. The Bible says that there was a wind. They were in one accord. It's not a Honda. Um, there was unity. It wasn't just they were in one room like we are now, but they were united. You could be in this church, but not in this church. You can be in the room, but not, hey, cheering on what God's doing in this house. So they were united together like a double layer of unity. They're in proximity together, but they had the same purpose. They were obeying Jesus together. And the Holy Spirit falls. It starts like a sound of a mighty rushing wind. I think it shook the whole house. There was an outward demonstration. All of a sudden, these flames like fire showed up on their head. Hello, everyone divinely gifted by the Holy Spirit became a ginger. Let's go. 
One day in heaven, you will be blessed too. But until then, I'm sorry. God played favorites. And now God shows off in a special way. Because anytime God is doing something the first time, you'll see it throughout scripture, there's something unique about it. So we're not all gonna go 120 of us out into the woods or into the upper room or go on the roof here and pray and God's gonna do it the same way. But he will do it every time on his time. But it's about time for us to be in unity, to be prayerful, to even fe- celebrate that, that, that festival of Pentecost. They had a day of fasting. Somebody, we might need to cut some stuff out to get serious about our calling and encounter the Holy Spirit. And then as we do that, you might not hear a wind and you might not see a fire fall, but you can experience the same things the disciples that became the apostles did back then. You can have those things at work in your life. And they begin to speak and this time, they said, we'll get deep into the gifts of the spirit as we go into this series. By the way, on your, on your, um, on your chair, or online, you can let us know like what questions you have about the Holy Spirit. I wanna do everything I can to dissolve through the word of God any wacky thing that you've heard or any misconception that might be in your mind. Let us know how we can help you remove any barrier and blockage from God's best for being in your life. But they begin to speak in known languages that they did not know. And what was happening in that festival is that Jews from all over the known world had come to Jerusalem and they were from, from Crete and Cyprus and Macedonia, from all those different places. And they showed up there to celebrate this festival. And then at nine in the morning, this wave and this fire falls and it begins to leak out into the streets. And these, these Jewish worshipers of God that had not met Jesus yet, they come and they ask, what in the world is going on here? Are y'all drunk? That's what they said, look at it in scripture, Acts chapter two. And Peter responds like, yo, it's 9 a.m. Like, we haven't even got the bottomless mimosas for brunch yet. Some of you, that's a convicting word for you. Receive it. Like, we're not drunk. He gets up and he says, let me tell you what's happening. The prophet Joel said that one day, one day that God's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh. And friends, let me tell you, today is that day. And for you, this is 2,000 years ago. But let me tell you, for some of you, today is that day. If he said, I'm gonna pour out my flesh on all people, young and old, man and woman, then this means it's still relevant to us today. And if you want the kind of life that mattered in the book of Acts, then you need to be open to the ministry of the Holy Spirit in your life, your life today. And what happens in that moment, and this is where you know the Holy Spirit is not in for performance. He's in to perform the will of God. The heart of God is always for the lost in humanity. This is why Jesus says you receive the Holy Spirit to be what? A witness, a messenger to the world. Not to be a wacky Christian, to be an effective believer. One that walks in victory. And wherever you go, salvation follows. Because the next thing that happens is 3,000 men repent, receive Jesus, and are baptized in that moment. It went from 120 faithful believers in unity in the upper room to immediately over 3,000 families. Because when the father receives faith, the Bible shows us, and all of history has showed us, that the family follows. That's why we gotta pray for the men of our city and the men of our church. And there's 3,000, there's a multiplication that happens there, and it shows us the heartbeat of God for humanity and our necessity and need for the Holy Spirit. That if we really are gonna change the world, 
We need a power that created this world to recreate our inner world, to give us peace, to give us perception and discernment and wisdom and divine enablement to live a life bigger than our willpower. Not an act of religion or education, but a divine empowerment of the Holy Spirit. If the prophet Joel said he'll pour it out for all people, then he will do the same for you. The Holy Spirit pulls us into new things. When Jesus is baptized in Matthew's account, Matthew chapter four, we know that he goes out. This is the beginning of his public ministry. He gets baptized, he comes out of the water. It says the heavens were rent open and the Holy Spirit descended like a dove. And God spoke over him, but then the Bible tells us that he was drawn to the wilderness. One translation says he was pulled by the Spirit, that I gotta go out there for a moment. And we know that was 40 days of testing and fasting and prayer. I believe God was downloading more of his plan. And then the enemy shows up. The enemy shows up to try to get him to short circuit, to shortcut, to try to disable the plan of God, if you really are the son of God. But we know that he is victorious in that moment. And the Bible tells us in Luke's account that he comes back to his hometown, home area, out of the wilderness, and Jesus returned to Galilee, and this time he is filled with the Holy Spirit's power. And for those that have been baptized with John's baptism, listen, but you don't feel close to the Holy Spirit unaware of how he operates, that you might walk with us as a church, and I will do my best as a pastor to shepherd us to this. That we might go through the little wilderness, but we're not going without a guide. We're gonna go with the word of God. And I wanna spend the next couple of weeks like unpacking every old thing and unlocking every God thing. And then as we do that, we're gonna come back to our home. And we're going to come back after walking in the word and what might feel like a wilderness journey. And you will be filled with the Holy Spirit and power. I promise you this. Jesus does not fulfill the mission of the cross. It was our salvation without that direction and connection and change that happened in him in the wilderness. And so if you've been in the Holy Spirit wilderness for a while, I promise you we're going to come out through the other side into your hometown. Listen, into your own home into your own marriage, into your own raising of your kids, in your own work life, in your own thought life, with the Holy Spirit and power. If Jesus needed the ministry of the Holy Spirit to fulfill his mission on earth, why would we not? If Jesus needed the Holy Spirit to overcome temptation, how many know we don't got a chance with our own willpower? If Jesus needed the Spirit for his ministry to serve people effectively, he did not rely on his own ability. He had supernatural strength. And that same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. Spirit restart, I'm gonna go real quick. The Holy Spirit is God's daily presence in your life. Parakletos means your advocate, your defense attorney. Everyone would know that word, we might not know it. In that day and age, if you were in a settlement, a dispute, and you didn't have the right words, you didn't know how to defend yourself, express your heart, your mind in the matter, you would have a parakletos there. And he would handle the things that you couldn't figure out in your own ability. He counsels you. He speaks for you. He's your advocate. Number two, the Holy Spirit is God's power for your daily life. Because not every day is an upper room shaking the room 3,000 salvations day. Even the apostles, the Acts of the Apostles, the book of Acts, we're talking about 30 years. 30 years to build churches. 30 years in miracles and moments. Even Jesus' miracle story, and there were a lot. It's three and a half years of ministry. 
That every day is a supernatural heaven shows up and the blind see day. But if you build one day after the other in partnership and intimacy with the Holy Spirit, there'll be some heaven show up in your world kind of days. But this is for your everyday, your everyday life. Because your destiny is a task too difficult to get on your own, to fulfill on your own. You need divine connection. I'll leave us with this thought, and this is where the change happens. Acts chapter 2, this is that preaching and proclaiming message of Peter. Verse 14, it says that Peter stood up. NLT says that Peter stepped forward. One translation said that Peter took a stand. It says that he raised his voice. He yelled at the crowd. How many know he did not have a microphone to speak to 3,000 people? Peter got loud, like loud, like your aunt that talks too loud at dinner or at the movies, kind of loud. But this is Peter, who just, what, 52 days before, got quiet, was intimidated, was insecure. This is Peter that when Jesus, he was bold behind the scenes, but quiet in front of people. He was a lion when it didn't matter and a lamb when it did. And he even denied Christ, literally cursed Jesus to an 11-year-old slave girl when there was just three people there. And now in front of 3,000 of his peers, probably wealthy peers, because they had traveled in, he gets up and says, no, 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 quiet. Let me tell you what's happening now. And delivers a message filled with power that brings radical life change to 3,000 plus. What changed? Well, this ordinary fisherman had a divine enablement. He had the Holy Spirit. It made him a messenger to his ministry, his life mission. What he could not do 52 days before, he now could fulfill by the help of heaven by the Holy Spirit filling him with boldness, as Jesus says, to be what? A witness to the world around us. This is the power of the Holy Spirit. It gives you, thirdly, it's the presence that's there, it's the power that's there, it's God's direction for your daily life. Some of you are confused about life, like relationships, career. The Holy Spirit wants to lead and guide you. You go to a thousand people to get counsel just so you get one of them to tell you the thing you wanna hear. The Holy Spirit will tell you what you need to hear. He'll highlight the Word of God to what actually is the way that you're called to go. He will never come in conflict with the Word of God. But you'll begin to know things where you're leeching off of everyone else's leadership. You're going to start hearing the leadership of heaven for yourself. And you're going to get a divine backbone to be who you're actually called to be. And in a moment, an encounter with the Holy Spirit, I'm not saying it happens in a, in a second, but He can begin to erase all of the mistakes of yesterday, just like He did for Peter creating him a new power and authority to be the person God had called him to be. If he did it for Peter, he can do it for you. So we walk with the Spirit. It helps us in our obedience. It says in Galatians, we don't just crave the things of this world, the culture of this world. We're not carnal Christians. We're not perfect Christians. But we're gonna walk with the spirit of the things of the flesh, the things that we used to always give into, the temptations to gossip, the temptations to overeat, to overindulge, to run away or be intimidated when people were needing our help and needed hope in Christ. The things that we used to give into under the peer pressure of the culture or the cancel culture of this world, we don't listen to anymore. 
because we're in tune with the Holy Spirit and no longer are we just living under the X and O's of what's right and what's wrong. We know what righteousness looks like and we're loving it and walking in it every day of our lives. And this is for all of us. We've got so much more that I wanna share. That's why we're gonna take some time to walk through the word. You need a restart. What you haven't heard or what you've experienced left you with a bad taste. My friends, I grew up on some of that. It left a bad taste in my mouth too. There's a season in my life that I would say that I believed in the Holy Spirit, but I was not open to it, how it worked because of what I saw, the duplicity, the show. But through the word of God, I came into a personal conviction that I have to have to order to fulfill a life bigger than myself. I have to have everything that God has for me. And I hope that you get that hunger and that thirst for your life. Because I promise this, your life will never be the same. Jesus' cross to save you from your sins. But that power that raised him from the dead is there for us as well. And we need it. If Jesus needed it, you need it. And you can have that connection, that presence, that power, that direction. It starts with a new or renewed connection with him. We might need a clean house of our old way of thinking. Jesus, Peter speaks of like, how do you receive the spirit to those 3,000 men? First and foremost, he says, repent. You gotta repent. So you need to repent of things you've cynically dismissed, critically turned. And hey, it might have been a lot of flesh and very little faith or very little spirit. But if it has turned you off to being open to what is real and authentic, you might need to repent. Repent means to change direction. In other words, I'm not going that way of being critical. I'm just gonna go the way of the word. I'm gonna go this way. Whatever's in here is for me. And then as we repent, we then need to receive. Jesus says, hey, fathers, if your son needed something or your daughter needs something, wanted food, you wanna give them a snake or a scorpion. Why? You're a good guy. But you, as imperfect as you are, will give good gifts to your children. How much more will your perfect father give you? Listen, what's the best gift? The gift of his spirit to those that ask for it. He's not just gonna give it to you in a moment. You gotta ask for it. And then as you receive it, you have to respond. A gift needs to be unwrapped. You need to understand how to use it. That's why we have the word. And then you actually gotta work it into your life. And so I don't know if it's gonna happen this week, I don't know if it's going to happen in just a moment when I pray for you, but I know that it will happen for those that are hungry and those that are thirsty. The Bible said you will be satisfied. And if you are hungry and thirsty for more of God's presence at work in your imperfect life, perfecting that which concerns you so that you can look more like Jesus and live a life for Jesus that's bigger than anything you've seen before, if you will go after it, you will get it. And some of you have it. And there's still more. There's more for me. There's more for Liz. There's more for all of us. And I want a church that we don't just play it safe, but we are so desiring to live out the scriptures as if the book of Acts is still alive today. Because even though they might not be canonizing our daily calling, it matters where it matters the most in the book of the Lamb of Life, those souls that are forever changed by the way that we live and the way that we love, that we need that same spirit that turned the disciples into apostles. We need the Holy Spirit as well go after it, friends, you'll not just get some of it. You're going to have an overflow of it in your life.
life and you will never be the same. Why don't you stand to your feet? Let me pray for you. you guys get anything? Are we excited for this journey? I'm excited to see what happens in your marriage, what happens in your daily life, what happens in our church as we go after this together. God, I pray for every heart here, every son and daughter. They have to design it for themselves. I want it so badly as their pastor. But Lord, I cannot give it to them. Only you can. And you will only give open hearts and open hands that are ready to receive. So God, I thank you through the scripture and just even the prompting of the Spirit of God on the inside of them, that they would hunger and thirst for more of your presence. And Lord, they would be satisfied to overflow as they receive the fullness, the baptismos of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, I thank you that it's going to look like heaven here on earth as we follow your word and the whisper of the Holy Spirit, that we're going to have both the power and the fruit of the Spirit working together so we can live bigger for Jesus to the world for those that need to repent and dismissing it or de denying it. Lord, I think they have a change of heart and a change of direction. And those that just need to hunger and thirst for the breath of heaven, that they would be filled to overflow in Jesus' name. Stay in this moment of prayer. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes if you're here and you've not repented to receive Jesus? prompting of the Holy Spirit. He's in your heart right now. He's saying, this is for you. Now, maybe you said yes to Jesus at one time and you've gone your own way. He's drawing you back home. Like the prodigal son returned to the father. He's saying, you got to come back. I'm right here waiting. I'm ready to run and embrace you. So if you need a fresh start with Jesus, we're going to pray a prayer all together as one family of faith. This is the greatest work of the Holy Spirit is to seek your heart right now and to save your soul. If you're here and you need a fresh start with no one looking around, I'm not going to make you come forward. But I just want to know in an act of humility, a moment of surrender, if that's you, say, Pastor Kyle, I need a fresh start. This is for me today. Would you just raise your hand and say, that's me. That's me. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Come on, the Holy Spirit, sixteen, maybe. I don't know. I lost count. Maybe that's you online or at Lansing. All of heaven, I see you in the very back, never too late. I'm so proud of you. What a beautiful moment. Can we all pray together? Holy Spirit's working right now. Say this with me. Say, thank you, God. All together, thank you, God, for loving me. I was lost. You came to find me. You sent Jesus to rescue me. He went to the cross to save me. He died so I could live. A life with you. That's what I'm after. I repent for my old life. From today on, I'm going after you. Fill me with your spirit. Change me from the inside out. From today on, my life will never be the same. In Jesus' name. Amen. Church, we better erupt with every soul that is saved. All of heaven celebrates, and we celebrate with you. We are so proud of you. Oh my gosh, what a, what a beautiful day in God's house.